back to the Consumed Podcast. Guess who's back, back, <laughs> back again. Uh, okay. Uh, great start. <laughs> Is that going to get copyrighted? Is um, Eminem going to come I, after us? I think us? that was fine. And that's, you know, as accurate as it was. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think, um, yeah, it went on for long enough. Um, it has been nearly... Like a year, uh, a year exactly, I think, probably. Well, since we started. Yeah. I think it's about August since we did our last episode. But this is the Consume Podcast. It's the show where we talk about things that we have been consuming and things that we are consumed by, largely pertaining to the video game industry, um, but to a much smaller extent, other things as well. Um, yeah, my name is Ben Fox, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Katie. Hey. Hey. So... Yeah, don't really know where to start with this. We've been inundated by message <laughs> that said, bring the podcast back. By our rabid fans. <laughs> by, no, fan. Um, Jason. I might as well just call him out because he's going to be the only one listening. Um, so, Jason, this one's for you, mate. The, 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 we, we, and my mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so... Uh, we were really enjoying doing it um, back in the day, weren't we? And, and last time we spoke about video games and stuff, I had joined you in America because yeah. at, at that stage we were still going through the spouse visa process. You were sort of stuck in America. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give the listeners a potted history of everything that's happened since in about three sentences? Off you go. Three? Mm-hmm. Does that count as one? No. Okay. Yeah, we. I mean, we started this because, yeah, we were. I was stuck in America. That It was supposed to be like... You know, if you were following our Facebook, you know, it was supposed to be like 30 days that I was in America. Mm. It ended up being six months. And so we started this so that we could, you know, have something fun to do that didn't involve us having to be in the same room. But thankfully, we are in the same room now because my spouse visa was granted and I was allowed to stay in the UK for 33 months with my visa. So I'm I'm almost like, what, nine, nine or months into into mm, my visa i've lost all sense of time yeah um nine months god yeah it must be pretty much yeah yeah about eight or nine months so i am a british immigrant yeah. officially which is nice um how do you feel as a british immigrant looking out onto this scene from our lounge window it's like the <laughs> bleakest gray day outside <laughs> Ever. I mean, I went just into the city center today. I wanted to have a lovely, d- where it's it's um, a bank holiday, which yeah. for our American listeners is randomly throughout the year, you get these days off mm-hmm. where there's no school, banks are closed. Don't really know why they have them, but they're nice. Yeah. But yeah, I wanted to go into the city center, do a little bit of shopping on my day off from school, have a nice lunch outside, nearly got blown away, and then mm. got poured on, <laughs> so... Oh, that's the that's the standard British way. You can't set your watch by any weather forecast, really. No. no, we tried to go to a pub last night for the first time in a year, and also, yeah, froze yeah, whilst that, doing yeah, it. Yeah, because all the hallmarks were there. Lovely blue sky, looked like a lovely balmy spring into summer's day, but what you couldn't tell is that it was freezing cold. Yeah. So we suffered through a, uh, a single round, but that was nice anyway. Um, yeah, so... Now we're back in the same country. The, um, I suppose another bit, um, sort of excuse as to why we've fallen off the wagon a little bit was that we're both teachers, as we were then. But Katie's now working in the UK. I am as well, and uh, we've been incredibly busy. Yeah. Um, and you know, once we fell off, it was sort of difficult to 
climb back on um, because we're doing so much work at the weekends. God, we're heroic, can't we? Do all this work. Um, really, really, they should clap for us. Oh I think my still. Gosh. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, no. So 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 that's that. But then I suddenly thought, well, I miss it. Um, it was just a good chance to. You know, and we're always chatting about things anyway. Might as well. <laughs> yeah. Might as well record it. Yeah, and I suppose the other the other thing is not to make this introduction too long is that um, we hadn't really played many new new games, um, so we would have just had to do endless skip the mains about just life generally. But um, this week, as we'll come on to, um, Katie's been playing a brand new game. Shockingly, yeah. I mean, I've still. <laughs> it could be almost exactly the same <laughs> if you just played one of our episodes from a year ago. I would still be playing. Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing <laughs> yeah. New Horizons. Yeah, but uh, it's been a seismic shift in Katie's gaming life. Yeah. So uh, we'll get on to that. So the concept of this show, for any newcomers, is that there are three distinct parts, not dissimilar to a meal. There's a starter, a main course, and a dessert. And uh, the first part in a starter that we'll come to shortly, uh, we discuss things outside of the realm of video games. Could be films, could be books or reading, anything that isn't directly to do with electronic entertainment I suppose um, in the main course we discuss a new game a beefy game that has just come out that we think is of sort of relevance um, at the moment uh, and then in dessert we discuss something else that we've been playing but doesn't necessarily have any uh, relation to or you know uh, pertinence I would say yeah, just, uh, for just a funsies game yeah absolutely <laughs> Um, so with that, because it's already at six minutes, <laughs> but I'm just going <laughs> to covered <laughs> nothing. There's going to a brutal edit is going to have to be done here. So we'll take a quick break there, and, and which we don't usually do because we usually go straight into the starter. But because we've rambled on, I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll come back for the starter in a second. See you in a bit. All right, we are back with the starter. And as previously explained, this is the bit of the show where we discuss something that isn't necessarily related to video games. So, Katie, let's start with you. What have you been consuming that isn't on your Nintendo Switch? Well, I'm a sports fan. Yep, for your sins. And um, you are have not been in the past. No, I would say I'm an active sports detractor. <laughs> if there's if there's any sports event that I can somehow kibosh or just bring to a climactic end, I will try. <laughs> On you go. But that all has not changed in the last few weeks. But I uh, think that you've come around. So I'm going to call this one as my starter because I have wanted to get into, like, British sports. Like, Mm. I've tried to, like, follow... I follow, like, our local football team who won the championship, I think. Norwich. Yeah, yeah. You could be right. Um, Unrelated. I've tried to follow our local football team. It's fine. I have tried to, like, understand a single rule about cricket. Can't do it. We've watched a little bit of snooker. It's not how you say it, is it? <laughs> snooker. <laughs> Just tr- go on, snooker. Snooker. Yeah, that's much better. Oh, yeah, well, no, it's not. <laughs> anyway... So I just, you know, I, I, I wanted to know, I wanted to know that when I was moving to the UK, like I wanted to get into the local sports scene. Sports scene, because sports where I grew up in America is huge. 
and you like base part of your identity off of like your local sports team. At least. Some would say, have we ended up together off the back of yeah, this conversation? Yeah, well, anyway, the sport <laughs> that I've ended up being drawn to, and don't even lie, because so have you, <laughs> I know you've got the app for it on your phone, uh-huh. is Formula One, I which fe- I knew I didn't even really know what it is. Like, sometimes I would see Formula One scroll across on ESPN or whatever. Didn't even know what it was. Yeah. I feel like if any sport was going to appeal to me or be pretty close to basically video gaming, yeah, it, Formula One's the closest, isn't it? And it's... it's oh, So Formula One is, is racing. So I guess even if I did know what it was, I would just assume it were, if it were, it were like... NASCAR, which is huge in America, but I never got into. And they just drive around in a circle. What's the point? Yeah, maybe maybe that's why the, it's a, Formula One's a bit more appealing because they go to like, you know, the tracks are all around the world, and it's really cool to see how they set up these races through like huge metropolitan areas all over, all in, in so many different countries. Um, and it's also kind of an exclusive club. Like, there's only what ten. Mm companies and they yeah, each company only has two drivers yeah. so you kind of it's easy to like get to know all the drivers really quickly yeah, and absolutely. the teams i completely i've not really thought of it just from a numbers perspective i think that is i think part of the reason i mean obviously as a child i was never into football to you know to my family's chagrin but um even as adult as an adult various times because i think sports is sort of something of a social lubricant for want of a better term <laughs> <laughs> um like even even when i briefly worked um i've told the story to a couple of people even when i briefly worked uh work experience i should say at like official playstation magazine um i thought oh great these are going to be my people they're going to be you know fellow nerds like me who couldn't give you know two proverbials about sports but all of them you know that was that i was still the conversation they all had their football team that was you know, bulk of what was being yeah. chatted about. So that you do genuinely, I think there's, it's a great leveller, isn't it, sport? But when I go to, when I go to interact with football, um, I can't really support Norwich City ethically because, uh, well, morally, I suppose, because my father um, has instilled in me a deep-seated hatred for Norwich City as an Ipswich supporter. Um, and even if I did, there are just so many players... And like, and so many, so many stats and so many different leagues and... Yeah, and then even like... So if there were certain players for Norwich City who'd been there for a long time and you sort of get to know the team, that'd be one thing. But A, they've got no connection to Norwich, which I suppose is fine. But then B, they're they're shuffled in and out so quickly that it's very difficult for me to attach myself to any of it. Whereas, like you say, 20 drivers, 10 companies in F1... You know them, and and you know we should say as well that the reason we got into yeah. film was the Netflix show, wasn't it? Drive to so yeah, because initially I think you suggested watching that. And I was it was like, actually uh. yeah, it was a colleague of mine, um, Casp, who um, um, who had suggested that to me. Yeah, good recommendation. And so we ended up watching that, and then just kind of caught a couple of highlights of the races on the weekend, and yeah, it's really it's really enjoyable to watch. Um, so I have picked my constructor team. It's Haas from America. They are, if you are looking for them on the standings, you'll have to scroll right on down to the bottom. (laughs) But as a Michigan team's fan, I I know that life already. It's it's funny because like um, we're sort of, we're still watching the F1 documentary alongside the actual F1. And it's worth mentioning as well, we don't have Sky or anything, so we have to just sort of watch the highlights on Channel 4. But for us, I think at our level, that's fine, isn't yeah. it? We don't need to sit and watch every, like it, it all in granular detail. Um, 
but uh, yeah, so in, in the documentary, we're still a couple of years behind, and Haas are actually looking competitive in the documentary. Yeah, and we just and then now we, every time they race, and they're just like tanking it. It's interesting to see how far they've fallen. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's difficult for me because um, I've tried. I liked Red. I like Red Bull a lot. The company in the the constructor in the mm. documentary. I think they come out really well. So just the like the manager. Yeah. Um, but Max Verstappen is sort of the wonderkind of modern F1. I just find thoroughly, thoroughly unlikable. Um, so I find it really difficult to root for him and, and um, Red Bull at the moment. I can't believe, I don't know if it's just because I haven't like, I mean, you know, we haven't had a chance to like go out and talk with like friends and stuff. But I'm surprised that more British people don't, would not bring up F1 as opposed to football, considering the most dominant driver in F1, like the Wayne Gretzky of F1, is British, Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, it's curious, um, Lewis Hamilton. Again, I don't know enough people who like sports, because I've carefully curated my friends. Um, (laughs) Just not your wife. (laughs) Um, But um, I get the impression Lewis Hamilton isn't that well-liked, which is peculiar because, you know, as you say, we've never had anyone in British sports in recent memory who's been as prolific as he has. Um, so, And I think I, even by osmosis, I sort of took that on. I yeah. thought he was a bit of a smug so-and-so. And, he, you know, there have been stories in the past of him living a very salubrious lifestyle and uh, all this sort of thing. Um, but then it's difficult to deny that every time he's interviewed in the, in the show when it's we watch him chill. now, he's a chill, polite... Uh, humble guy, and who, he, but he's he's like untouchable stats wise. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. But you've got he's got no. You, I can't read much of that in no. his demeanor. Um, like now, I was listening to him on um, a podcast. I listen to I listen to sports podcasts now. Yeah, so let the record show <laughs> he's um, a sports boy. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, it's, it's funny. Both sports I like are. Um, F1 and snooker, both of which require next to no physical aptitude <laughs> at all. Uh, that's not true for F1, but you know what I mean, to actually do it. Um, yeah, I get the impression that um, for, for whatever reason, Lewis Hamilton isn't held in as high regard as even like I remember Tim Henman, the tennis player back in the day. He never won anything significant or certainly when I was watching, but everyone was really behind him. I just don't get the impression that everyone is really behind Hamilton, which is which is odd. Um, and I've just just from an outsider's perspective, sort of looking in now, you know, I, he comes across very, very well. Uh, yeah, so it's it is a really it is enjoyable. It's been cool. And uh, yeah, it's been nice to well, yeah, I suppose at least engage in some sort of normal cultural activity. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's really good. Anything else on F one before we move on? No, it's it's been cool to follow uh, because I. Yeah, I still don't quite have the time difference worked out for catching American sports. Yeah. But. I'm sure we'll work that out at some point. Um, yes, yeah, so I've just spoken a, um, a long time about F1. I was going to just mention that um, my favourite comedy character. Oh, yeah. Uh, Alan Gordon Partridge. So it's almost, it's almost like direct, um, again, you might think, Ben, have you ended up with a wife who loathes Alan Partridge? And I think that's that's about it's all that's more valid for me than me hating sports for you. I would say because um, I love Alan, I deeply. I can see I'm looking at Alan, 
um, over now at my bookshelf. Yeah, I can too. There's my dad, because he knows me very well, has framed um, a Radio Times cover with Alan on the front. You know, it's it's different level. I am obsessed. Um, but you've never, as an American, I'd say, you haven't jumped on the gravy I train. Think, I think if, you, if you're an American trying to watch that without a British person with you, you will not be able to. Well... You say that. I was listening to Conan O'Brien's podcast. You interviewed Steve Coogan recently. Uh. Um, and he was saying it's gradually getting uh, a bit of a following in America, but only... A- I, I cannot see how, because I just don't think it fits with American humour. What is it, though? What is it about It's just it? weird. It's just... I mean, it's... Is he too pathetic and unlikable? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a bit of, like... It's a bit of the cringe of the office and yeah. like the but also like the uncomfortable yeah like there's a bit of like really really uncomfortable pitying of him that i just don't like pitying like it encourages to pity yeah. encourages you to pity him yeah okay. i mean i i mean i i oh God. i mean it's been what, three years <laughs> that, that it's been seeping into mm. my consciousness consciousness so, I mean, maybe I'm starting to get it. So I think, so um, recently... Um, I like the the, ra- the one where he's on the radio show. Like I so you, gen- I think generally speaking, you like those. the ones you like the ones with Tim Key uh-huh. and it's Psychic Simon, right? Which I completely agree. I think he is, he is a breath of fresh air. Um, and it really needs it. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was actually a, a very subtle Alan Partridge reference. Uh, <laughs> and, and every other thing that Ben has ever said <laughs> that I just like, oh, that's a phrase or whatever yeah. it's like oh yeah that's just something that alan partridge says <laughs> um so the, the modern incarnation of alan's a bit different because um different writers the gibbons brothers who took over the first stuff they did Alan, i think was the mid-morning matter show which you think is all right right yeah but um so everything after that including the film including this time which is what's come back all of that is a different writing group to I'm Alan Partridge, the classic Alan, and I feel like you get on much better with the modern Alan. Yeah, I suppose. And I would say, um, I would say, oh, I was going to say, it's a bit more accessible to complete, <laughs> completely patronise you. No, but I think that's true. Um, I think as well, he's as because he's either a double actor or an ensemble cast. It's I've diluted him a little bit, um, but the this time format is essentially one the one show, isn't it? But a comedy yeah. version. And it's just come back. I would, to be honest, if I'm brutally honest with you, I was slightly disappointed that it was commissioned for a second series. Mm. Um, because while I enjoyed the first series, um, and I think it's it does have some very funny parts, and it has uh, grown on me over rewatches. Um, just the format of it doesn't allow for much narratively. I don't think. Do you think that his podcast that he did was a better like, yeah. oh, representation yeah. of his? so they're almost companion pieces because yeah it almost that's both sides of him so he did a podcast on audible which i would also thoroughly recommend um i would look warmly <laughs> you like that you like the theme tune don't you <laughs> which was that was just him rambling about his life which i sort of i liked because you don't get much of that in this time because it's all in front of a studio audience or whatever so i you know I would have actually preferred... They've written some very funny books as Alan Partridge, The Gibbons Brothers, mm. the, the Autobiography and Nomad, some of the funniest books I've ever read. I would have preferred one of those to another series of this time. I'd have preferred another series of Mid-Morning Matters yeah. to this time. Um, because I, while I, I like it as an experiment, and it's funny that Alan is now back on the BBC, 
Um, it just doesn't give him enough breathing room, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but that all being said, it's very entertaining. A lot, I've seen a lot of detractors online. Um, I think just at its core, whatever Steve Coogan does, he's just got a very funny, a funny charisma to him and his face that just make just there's something about it that it just doesn't matter what he's doing. I find funny. Yeah. So it is funny. But Alan's been better. Alan's been worse. But uh, yeah, I've been enjoying it. We've only had one episode so far. Looking forward to see where it goes. That's all. And Katie, please try harder to like Alan. Oh. All I would add to that. <laughs> um, look at me. Look how much I'm doing to enjoy sports. Yeah, a single sport <laughs> with with the Americans getting beat down to the bottom every time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Well, we're at about twenty minutes past, and we haven't even got onto our main game. That was heavy. Sometimes you gotta have a heavy starter. Yeah, absolutely. Like a. Uh, uh, we always try and think of something on the, on the that's a heavy, that's like a big starter. I feel like, like wings. Th- there was one <laughs> so I, starter. Yeah, there was when I was um, a few years ago at a restaurant. I had something. I love cheese, and it was like a it was brie or something like that. And they just it was a mini wheel, yeah. and it was like fried of uh, brie. Yeah, um, it was huge. So I mean, that's the sort of starter we're dealing with. Yeah. Dense. Uh, anyway, we'll move on to the main course. We'll be right back. Um, have we even discussed what game we're going to be? I mean, uh, hopefully you'll know from the title of the podcast. But yes, this week we are um, discussing the brand new Pokemon Snap. And we'll be right back with that. Okay, we are back uh, with our main course this week being Pokemon Snap by Nintendo. Is it Game Freak who have made it? Not sure. I can't remember if they're actually responsible for the Pokemon Snap uh, games. I didn't see their name on any of the like... Hmm. Interesting. Might be just Nintendo in, in-house then. I'd have to look it up. I was listening um, in preparation for this episode. I listened just at one at random just to sort of get back in the flow of our old back catalogue. <laughs> it was the, the one we recorded in America about Ghost of Tsushima. Um, and just as I was about to go and speak about Ghost of Tsushima, you interjected and said, can you just let the audience know how it was that you came to get this game? And you uh, said, um, be- because because you you bought it for me at the time. Um, so I'm going to return the favour and say, do you want to just give the origin story of how you ended up with what I ha- did find out ended up being quite a rare game on release day? <laughs> how did you end up with it? Yeah, I mean, it just came out, what, on Friday, couple Saturday, yeah, a couple Friday, days ago? Yeah. Um, and I had been eyeing it up on like the Nintendo store just on for like the digital version. It was like super expensive. Um, yeah, because it was just coming out. Is it fifty nine ninety nine on the store? I think it was fifty pounds. I think fifty pounds. So yeah, yeah, it's it's ten pounds more expensive. Yeah, but I I remember I remember seeing the the initial like preview for a couple because i i don't know i had just only found out about it a few weeks ago i don't know if i was just because i wasn't following any of the channels or whatever um but was so excited because i loved that game on the nintendo 64 as a kid um i'm sure you know it was it's a classic yeah it was such a such a different take on any of the other pokemon games that were out at that time um but yeah so it was on my list um, and then I was checking on the store and was like, oh, it's 50 pounds, you know, it's not worth it. And so Ben said he had to go out to 
town to pick up something or whatever and then was gone for like two and a <laughs> two and a half hours and I was like jeez I wonder where he had to go um and so when he came back he had purchased a hard copy of Pokemon Snap for me after visiting how many yeah, it Argos's was an, abs- an absolute um hassle I don't and I, I really was really surprised I went to different versions of game in Norwich um and they all said we haven't this was again I think this was the day after release they yeah. all said we haven't got any copies to sell. So we were weird. only given enough to cover our pre-orders. So weird. So, um, so I thought, oh, okay, is that how it works? Um, and I went to around all the Argoses in, in the centre of Norwich, none of which had it. I think it's, so maybe it's sold very well. I don't know. Yeah, it must um, have. And the only Argos that did have it was out in North Walsham, which is a, you know about an hour and a half round trip from where I'm sitting now. <laughs> um, out in the middle of nowhere. It was an Argos attached to a Sainsbury. It was a little <laughs> tail off the side of the... Um, so yeah, um, I returned to a hero's welcome. It was a very nice surprise. Anyway, um, boasting out of the way. God, that's, I, okay. that's the second heroic act I've highlighted on this podcast. The first one being what sitting on the couch and watching a sports game. No, with a me. third then. <laughs> first, first was being a teacher. Oh god, right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. I'm guys. I'm a really good guy. Is my is my core point. Um, well, it's it's been it's it's nice to have the hard copy. I I can't remember if I even told you this, but I I never owned like my own copy of Pokemon Snap. We would the only time I would play it is we used to have um, a video store in the town where I grew up, and I played the game. I mean, it wasn't like it was a long game, but I played it through the whole way just by renting mm-hmm. it from the video store, wow. like over and over again. So I never owned my yeah, never owned my own copy of it, but just constantly rented it from this video store that has since been demolished. <laughs> so yeah, I we did own it, I think, back in the day. Um before we even go into um the old one and the new one, what is Pokemon Snap? Because I suppose there are some people who when Pokemon's mentioned, they sort of switch off. Um how's it different to a normal Pokemon game? So there's no there's no catching. There's no, like, choosing. You don't even have your own Pokemon. There's no, you know, the generic format of every single Pokemon game is you pick a starter and you'd mm. go through all the gyms and fight the trainers and are trying to become the best Pokemon trainer. This one is just, uh, it's just taking pictures of yeah. various Pokemon in the in the wilderness like in their natural habitats like there's no fighting it's just um it's just such a chill game you go through on a little path and yeah there's the only incentive of getting better is um just taking nice photos of pokemon while they're doing cute things in the original it was good old professor oak who rated your photographs on sometimes arbitrary seeming yeah. criteria. This time it's a new professor, isn't it? Was it Mira? Yeah. Um, to me, again, I've only watched you play a little bit of it. Um, it seems structurally almost identical to the original Pokemon Snap. Would you say that's true? Um, I mean, at its core, yeah. yeah but they've added a, they've added a lot that has made it seem really fresh. Cool. I mean, they. I I I've I've only been playing it for a few days but so the the way that you get to take these pictures is in the old game and in this new one is you're in this little 
um, pod, like a little mm. rover that takes you through kind of a little course through a park or through a forest or whatever. Yes, in the world of Pokemon, they seem to have cracked teleportation. Yeah, and are only using it for <laughs> photography purposes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, another thing. Yeah. Um, but so in the OG one, it was like you went through the track and then you got to the end and then you would open up maybe a new path that you could take and you would go on to that one. And maybe you'd come back to the first one if you learned like a new skill, like if you got some fruits that you could throw to entice another Pokemon out. But this Mm. one, I think there's a lot more incentive to return to tracks and play them again, especially because now there's a daytime-nighttime cycle. Cool. So... Do you just load it up as a different track? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can go through the track in the daytime, but then if you do the same thing in nighttime, there's a whole other host of um, Pokemon. And the the unique thing about this region is the certain things that happen to Pokemon at night. So. Oh, so is that what happened to that, that sort of first... Mm-hmm. Um, what what is that Pokemon? The final evolution of Chikorita, Bayleaf. Yeah. Or is, is that, that just a that, spice? That's just an ingredient. I don't <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so in terms of what you're actually doing, then the whole thing's on rails as it was before. Mm-hmm. You can't choose where you move, but you can, as in the direction you go. But you can move the camera lens around. Yeah. And just You're just snapping photos. Um, are there any because I remember back in the original game you had the camera but then you also had other things like pestables and the pokey flute mm-hmm. have you are there any other ways you interact with the world other than taking photos yeah I think that again this well outside of like the items that you have the more times you go through a track or the more times you go through an area the more experience you get on that and the professor mirror whatever says like oh the Pokemon in this area are getting more comfortable with you being there so you'll by just by going through it again the pokemon will either like come closer or they'll be more comfortable to like do whatever they want in their environment so that's a nice mechanic so like the first track that you go through you see like a a, is it a badoof like running around and then if you as you go through that track you see them building you see them building a dam like they're building their house and eventually you say it's oh it's finished like they're they're done and then that opens up a new path on that track you like go across their dam and like go out to another little area so it's almost progressing um through time chronologically so unlike because if you just replayed levels in the original it would just be exactly the same each time unless you did something but every time you play it it's it's like the next day things progress and then you do get like they're not apples there it's it looks just like an apple mm. it's like a fluff fruit or something yeah um and then what else do you get you get that and then you get another a special tool that's created by this professor that lets you interact with these pokemon at night to mm. do some of these special things um and i think that the pokey flute's going to come back eventually too um so nice so you go through the track you take loads of photos of your favorite pokemon you try and get them center and large and looking at you Mm -hmm. and then there's still the rating system at the end right how does that work so you choose the pick so at the end yeah at the end of track you go back to the lab and you pick out all of your pictures and you select the best one for each pokemon and then um they've added stars this time so instead of just like Pikachu what's your best picture of Pikachu it'll be like it's a one star if he's just sitting there in the grass but it'll be a two star if he's like eating an apple or it'll be a three star if he's 
playing with another Pokemon or like setting off of a Thunderbolt or cool. something. So each activity that they do will give you a different kind of slot in your Pokedex to fill out. Which is different to the original one. Yeah, because it? it was just point. Was it just points just in points, the original? Just points, yeah. So. Whereas now you sort of have categories of picture as well. Yeah. Um, awesome. Is there much, and I think I know the answer to this, is there much of a story to speak of so far? The, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are there are a couple of like, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm haven't gotten that far in, but I've seen some ancient ruins that you take cool. a picture of, and there's this like explorer who keeps being mentioned, who's visited this island where you're at a hundred years ago. Oh, right. So I think you're kind of uncovering like an ancient history of this island, which is cool. So I'll have to, I guess, see. I liked how um, in the beginning hours you just sort of rock up there and <laughs> immediately given <laughs> the camera. given like a multi-billion yeah. pe- dollar piece of machinery. Don't really know who you are. Off you go. <laughs> Be our research assistant. We'll just sit here. See ya. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, uh, which is fine with me yeah. to, to just get get dropped right in yeah i don't think you need you definitely don't need it because every i think invasive. everybody who wants to play this game has you know probably played the original and knows knows what to they're not in expect. it for the story really are they no i no. just want i just want to see some pokemon doing some cute stuff but oh. i would i'd say um something that i was just wanted to mention about this game while it is kind of cute it's not been like over the top i don't know i was sort of expecting it might have been like a nostalgia punch for like Mm. people who are my age who played this the original one when they were kids like that it would just be like oh here's pikachu and gyarados and all the original start like gen one and two but they've done really well with like mixing up some really lesser known oh, great. Pokemon. Um, like what's that little glowing mushroom? Sno- mo- morale? Oh, I can't remember. It's based on a morale mushroom. They'll just be like walking around glowing at night. And I'm like, oh, I totally forgot that you existed. That's cool. And so it's not been too cutesy. Like, yeah. Too cutesy and kitty and nostalgia-y. I think that they've done a good balance with that. Well, that's good to hear. I think it. I really like the concept of the of the game because it rarely do you get an opportunity to view a game world through such a, a different, different lens. lens. Um, pun not intended. <laughs> uh, wasn't that? Fun? <laughs> um, uh, that was a good one. It wasn't. Um, <laughs> um, Oh, did you say it? Because I, I thought I said it. If you said it, I just insulted you. I was meant to insult I myself. I think we both said it. Okay, but I was I was insulting I myself. I actually thought it was funny. Okay, um, <laughs> yeah, but I think it grounds the world of Pokemon, and I think that's what's so good about Pokemon as a franchise. Um, it feels, even though it's fantastical, like an authentic place each region does. Yeah, um, and it's nice to just see like another job in the. Pokemon yeah, world. because all you're otherwise all you're seeing is Pokemon trainers, yeah. isn't it? But actually, what everyone's thinking about is well, actually what is it like to be a police officer in the Pokemon world? Yeah. What's it like to be a photographer, a research assistant in the, in the Pokemon world? And rarely do you get the chance to sort of look at look at a, a fictional place through a different uh, lens. Um, so yeah, I think that that's really cool. Um, what about visually? How do you think it? Because I mean, obviously we're we're jumping up a number of generations yeah. since the Nintendo sixty four. Oh, yeah, I think it looks it looks pretty good so far. Um, I th- yeah, I think it's really it's all 
Oh my goodness, did you hear my stomach growl? I did indeed, Do you yeah. think the microphone heard that? Uh, probably, yeah. Oh. Would you like me to keep it in? <laughs> Must be dinner time. I'm getting <laughs> hungry. Um, I think the visuals look good. I mean, I don't really ever notice a difference mm. on a lot of things. Like, I'm not too picky about things Surely like that. Surely you notice a difference between that and the original in yeah, terms of visual yeah. fidelity. I think it looks great, uh, but I would probably say that... I think it is really um, impressive visually, actually, because... Um, the Switch is quite a humble machine in yeah. terms of its horsepower. Uh, the only thing that I've noticed and that I've seen online a few people talking about is when you're going through after you've done the course and are turning in pictures to the professor, if you go to look at them any other time, they're fine. But something happens when you're just oh, in the thumbnail. viewing them. They're like really blurry yeah, and I low noticed res. That. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. a few people online have mentioned that. I don't know if that'll be something Interesting. They, but otherwise, and it, when you go come and come back to like look at them in your photo album, they look fine. But that's the yeah. time when they get weirdly, but I noticeably think, different. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think it's because it's quite limited in its scope. In that it can just it knows where you're going. It's not like a, it's not like you can freely explore the track. Um, I think they can really drill down and make the assets as good yeah. as as good as possible. And when I, so when I'm thinking about Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, I was sort of worried it was going to be... A, I thought this was going to be a really quick sort of, as you say, nostalgia mm. um, cash-in. And I think Sword and Shield, and I think this is popular opinion, are pretty grotty-looking games. Yeah. And I was sort of worried they were just going to use exactly the same engine and models. But from what I could tell, it, they look better than, yeah. than that game. I thought so. Um, there's a lot of character in them, loads of decent bespoke animation. So. And the settings look really nice. Yeah, so I don't. It, I genuinely don't think it, it doesn't feel compromised from being on the Switch, which is quite rare. And, and Nintendo just are able to work with their first-party games; are just able to work magic with yeah. their machines. Um, no one can ever get games looking anywhere near as good as Nintendo can on their consoles. Usually, yeah. cool. Is there anything else we need to discuss about it then? Um, I mean, a few of the the extra features that mm. have been added is there's like an Instagram page oh, yeah. almost. Uh, which I haven't done too much with, um, where you can, I don't know, it lets you just do a little bit more with your pictures outside of just like giving to them to the press professor. So I know that there's, you can see sort of where your Pokedex ranks, like mm. how many points you have with people all over the world. So like there are online features, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you can pick pictures to like put on your page and other players can, can like them or can see, you can see what other players have, took taken pictures of of you know funny characters or whatever so you know not totally necessary i probably won't get a lot of use out of it but it is something you know extra that they that they've done to add to would you say as a package because we are you know i think we can both agree paying what was it 50 quid on the shops on this sort of digital storefront is too much but if people get it hard copy for 39.99 like i did would you say it does it provide the scope to make that good value i think so i mean i've been playing it you know on and off for a few days i'm only on to like the second or the third track or something and nice. I, so i'm i'm getting a lot of play playability out of it and the coming back to the tracks each time to see new things i and think that, and that does make it a lot adds to it yeah and that does make it a lot meatier than the original i think if you knew what you were doing in the original yeah, you could, could just in a, in a day in a sitting you could you could get through it um so weirdly it it it's, it's completely defied my expectations in that 
in in many ways, it's m- not just it's not it's a not good... a remake. It's like a sequel. Yeah, it but a sequel that actually meaningfully improves yeah. on the original, which I really wasn't expecting from it. Yeah. Um. So that's good. So you, generally speaking, you would recommend? Yeah, I've enjoyed it so far. I mean, it's it's cute Pokemon. What more? I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna complain about that. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, so um, good. I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I suppose there's an element of I'm sitting here, I bought it, and you don't want to just let me down by saying it's rubbish. But uh, I'm going to take you at your word and say that I think that's authentic advice. Um, all right, well, we will leave our main course there and we'll have a quick break. We'll be back for our dessert and we'll be discussing some more Pokemon, I think. Actually. Let me know if you're playing Pokemon Snap and you've taken any good pictures. Oh, yeah. Remember, we've got, we have got all the various social media feeds, many of which I can't remember the usernames of um, at the moment, but they are there. Yeah. And we'll, they'll be in the description of this podcast. So, yeah, let us know what you've been playing. Have you been taking some pictures of Pokemon yourselves? Let us know. All right, we'll be right back. we are back for the final section of the show it is dessert um and this point we usually discuss another game we've been playing um yeah regardless of when it was released and yeah it's quite an old one from both of us and actually unusually we're sort of saying uh we're sort of discussing the same game today aren't we yeah um because for your big birthday a few weeks ago Yeah, for my 30th birthday... (laughs) Ben asked for a Pokemon game. So that's an adult man turning 30 (laughs) asking for a product designed primarily for seven-year-olds. Wow. It's been a good year for Pokemon. Well, it's been a good year for us because this this game's been on the market for a while. Uh, Yes, it has been. I, I I think it came out around the time of... X and Y. Yeah. So that's already a generation before this current generation, and that game's been out about a year, I think. Um. So Ben and I both have a Nintendo 3... 2DS. D- 2DS. XL. Yeah. yeah, 2DS XL, Um. which we like and get some good play times out of. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we do um, get some good play times. Sh- um, so Ben asked for... Well... There's a bit of confusion. Yeah, I, I, I think asked... that you asked for Omega Ruby, Pokemon Omega Ruby. Yeah, so I had Ruby back in the day. That was where I stopped finishing um, Pokemon games as a child. I played the S out of um, Red and Gold, um, yeah. but then I got Ruby. I think I lost my Game Boy Advance or whatever. I never finished it. Um, so I wanted the remake on 2D or 3DS, which we've got. Um, but then I read online. Uh, I was like, which version's better, Omega Ruby or Alpha Sapphire? And most of the reviewers were actually saying, wow, because they're essentially the same game apart from the team, that the enemy team is switched round. Um, and people are like, well, actually, the uh, the goal of Team Aqua makes a lot more sense, so Sapphire's yeah. probably a better game. But at this point, I had already bought Omega Ruby, and then because it was his 35th birthday, I wanted it to be perfect, so <laughs> then I bought Alpha Sapphire 2, but before I could return one of them, so I was like, okay, I'll get, I just order them both and then I'll return the one that he doesn't want. 
um, he said, well, why don't we just keep both? Because then we can play together and trade. And it ha- it was really nice. We did a couple of battles of our teams. I won both times, yes. Go on. Well, that's because... I'm be- I'm a Pokemon master. That's because you chose the water Pokemon and I chose the fire Pokemon. Yeah, I mean, that is largely true. <laughs> and to be fair, Swampert is, I think, widely regarded as incredibly overpowered. But so is Blaziken, so... I suppose. But, we, yeah, uh, but I don't know. That's been nice. And it, it's a good remake. I've liked playing it. Because I really, I really liked... I remember playing... Uh, I think I had Ruby too. And I had that on my Game Boy Advance. Yeah, yeah. I remember playing it after school, after grade school. <laughs> yeah, it it they, um, it is a good game, like the Game Boy Advance version, and it's a really, um, I would say it's quite a loving remake. It, yeah. You get a sense that it really respects the original. Um, it's all in three D. It's the same engine that was done used in X and Y. I think it's. I feel like. Um, X and Y had a lot of detractors. I think these are slightly better received, actually. There's sort of a few more features in there. Um, And also it's sort of tried and tested, isn't it? But some of the features from X and Y, like Mega Evolution, have have made it into it, which is great. It's a shame Mega Evolution is is gone, I think. Like, again, as Katie was saying, I'm sure most of you know what a Pokemon game is, but essentially you uh, collect animals and <laughs> fight them. enslave them and it's sort of like a cuddly uh, cop fight <laughs> uh, on and on and on um, and w- and they evolve as they as they sort of gain up in levels and they get bigger and scarier um, but there was a mechanic in this generation where that you could push them to an even further uh, sort of further stage of evolution um, and there were some really cool Pokemon designs there um, and some of the Pokemon from Ruby have sort of been retrofitted with, with this yeah. feature it's, it's really cool it just it plays really well I think because uh, we both played through Sun and Moon as well didn't we yeah. oh yeah so that was no so sorry that, yeah this is ages ago because I think this is before Sun mm. and Moon um, but weirdly I don't know if you agree with this Katie I prefer um, Omega Ruby to Sun certainly yeah I mean I, I like I've always liked Gen 3 I think it's inter- it's an interesting mix of like really cool really well known Pokemon I mean you'll, you'll come across like yeah you're your Blazikins and your Breylooms and mm. all those. And then, but then there's the, like, I'll find a Spoink randomly. And I'm like, <laughs> I, yeah, did not remember you. Yeah. So it, it's got some really good Pokemon and a couple really forgettable ones. But it's been nice to, yeah, see them in this format. I think what it also marks is them beginning to involve, have a slightly more involved story. Yeah. Outside just trainer goes to the Elite Four. And yeah. So there's this, you know, whichever team has like um, their plan to take over the world is sort of enacted and sort of light spoilers. Um, and for a multiple year yeah, very old, old game. game. But um, so I like that there are small story elements. Equally, I like that it doesn't it doesn't feel bogged down. I would describe Sun as being bogged down by story. There were so many yeah. cutscenes every yeah. time you went to a new area. Um, I just wanted to play a Pokemon game. So I think this game strikes a much better balance. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if you've played Ruby and are looking you know, to relive it, I think it, it's a really, really good option. Yeah, we just got it on Amazon. A sort of a Pokemon casual. Yeah, I, it's a nice one to just pick up. Yeah, I can't really think of ways it could be meaningfully improved, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, so I think we're both thumbs up for that one as well. Maybe we should have a rematch again. 
we'll see. My team's unstoppable. I mean, I would I would My say that I would say it's perhaps too easy, um, especially, mm-hmm. and I think especially actually if you do go for um, what is the little Swampert guy? Swampert's his Mud final kip. form, Mudkip. I think um, I think Blaziken's the the best competitively against other humans. But mm. but Mudkip in terms of the enemies the in the game just becomes undefeatable, oh. especially in Ruby where all the bad guys have got fire Pokemon. Yeah. Like you're sort of the opposite. No, you're not the opposite problem. Well, yes, you are. Team Axe, yeah. all Team Aqua Water, and you've got Blaziken. Yeah. Um, so for me, with that build, it has been very very easy. But I don't actually mind that. I'm not in Pokemon for the challenge. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, go and check it out. I would say. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, um, dessert being finished, that is uh, where the podcast ends, I'm afraid. Uh, how do you think the first one's gone back after a while, Casey? I mean, I thought it was good. Yeah, it seems all right. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've boasted quite a lot. I hope the, ir- the, the ironic spirit of the boasting has shone through and that I haven't come across just yeah, horribly. Well, I think it shines through. Okay, great. Yeah, I've really enjoyed doing this again. Um, yeah, and hopefully nice we can have a little chat. I mean, again nothing's changed in that we are still very busy um so i'm sort of tentative to say that we will be able to get these out every week but we we certainly want to start doing it as regularly as we can do it again so yeah as i say hit us up on all the socials or give us an email if you want you know we can go through questions and stuff um but otherwise have a lovely week and uh we'll see you next time Bye. Bye. bye